Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the Real Chance Podcast. My name is Mushtag. I'm joined with Hassan. Of course, we're from the Real Champs. So, <laughs> the fastest ever been post-match content. So this is amazing. I guess maybe quarantine has taught us something. We can uh, be a bit more accountable on the ball. So hopefully we can carry it out for the rest of the season. Anyway, this is just right after the game against... Damn, I just drew a blank. Who is it? Valencia. I apologize. <laughs> what a guy. He's, so, he's so flustered by the result that he's just, he, yeah, he's just gone. <laughs> exactly. Got it. You got it. Um. Anyway, so 3 nothing. dominant performance, goals from Benzema, and oh my goodness, Marco Asensio. Did you think you would hear that in 2020? Probably no, not. No. Not in the 2019-20 campaign, but you have heard it. So, again... I guess Corona brought something good. In all seriousness, let's get to it. Hassan, initial thoughts. Um, very slow start. Very, very slow start. Painful start, to be honest. Um, as I was saying, that the opening ten minutes were good. Can't, can't the opening ten minutes. It was the rest of the first half remaining like thirty odd minutes, which were just I don't know what to say. Breath of ideas, drab, slow, lethargic, robotic ineffective uh all, all the bad things were oh. just uh, wait god damn yeah. um but i don't know what zidane said in the uh, probably very small dressing room at the stadio di stefano um but whatever he said bloody worked um so yeah cracking result Yo, um, that facility is yeah. amazing Way. Like, I don't think the, the locker room is small by any means. I don't know. I've, ne- I've never seen it, so... Um, I've never seen it, but from what I've heard and, like, seen online, apparently it's, like, a wicked facility. Yeah, I can imagine. Apparently it's like a proper city, apparently. It's like a, it's like a soccer city. Well, oh, I just used the word soccer. Disgusting. Ah! Um, <laughs> what's, ha- what's happening to me? <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what? Don't even blame me, because you know damn well I call it football. So you can't even say it's me. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happened there, folks. I'm, I, uh, I made a severe and continuous mistake to quote Logan Paul. Um, Bottle yeah. that you did. Um, let's scrap this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's terrible. Um, yeah, so it's like a whole footballing city, apparently. Like, it's yeah. actually RM City, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's a, like, it, it really is a city. Like, it's literally in Spanish called City of, like, Real Madrid. We love to see it. We love to see it. Yeah. Uh, back to the football. Um, like you said, absolutely slow, lethargic beginning. Uh, first ten minutes though were actually pretty solid. Like it looked good. Things looked crisp. Looked sharp. Looked like they picked up. You know where they left off the last game. You know, bar that little drop in performance. But like it was a nice start. And then after that, it's like I don't know what happened. Then you have that first half incident where it was like literally millimeters. You know, in in difference or whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. where the line on but Valencia could have got that goal and we talk about this because we're on the phone but man this is you know what I don't care how big of a Real Madrid fan you are you need to admit at least this time that if that was not Real Madrid playing against Valencia and it was like a minnow team in La Liga that goal would have been given but that like that's a big club and you have to admit I said it to you I said it to you at the end of the day big team bias does exist um whether you, yeah, as you said, you know, you want to admit that or not, it does exist. It is a thing. Um, and you just have to accept it. Um, 
take it if it comes on your favour, and if it doesn't go on your favour, take it. Like, what can you do? Spanish officiating is pretty bad anyway. Yeah, but, you just gotta take it on the chin. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah, literally nothing else you can do. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Anyway, so that's the first half in a nutshell. It's like it's very stale. The only people who are looking that great up until I'd say maybe the 55, 55th, 60th minute mark is really Modric, Cruz, and Eden Hazard. Those are the guys. Those yeah. are like three guys who are looking very uh, inventive, if you want to call it like call it that. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones really like creating play, creating opportunities. A couple of the other guys are looking a bit weird. Again, we both pointed this out. The four four two, it's a neat idea, but having I think this is the first time we've ever seen Fetty like out in a wide position like that. It was perfect. weird. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Well, yeah. I know he's got pace. I know yeah. he's tenacious, um, and he's got an engine for days. But it's just it's he's not got the the home sort of dribbling needed to take a man out one on one, and that kind of thing. Um, so. Playing him out wide, I think he's kind of just like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. I, I feel like it was that game where, to be fair, if Lucas Vasquez was healthy, he would have probably taken that spot. Oh, God, yeah, that's true. Uh, and I know me no, saying that was probably like upset. Spot, but <laughs> you get 110% effort and you get decent You do. You do. It's, it's just the lack of product. Silver platter, but it's decent service. Yeah, um, I mean, you mentioned Tony Cruz as well as another guy that I do want to highlight because he was, as always, sensationally good. Uh, not often the man is bad. Uh, completed the most passes of anyone in the team. Of course. Uh, two big chances, which was third highest in the team. Actually had the most shots of anybody else in the team as well, which is interesting. Uh, but back onto his passing anyway. So he completed 100 accurate passes at a 95% accuracy rate. 75, 75 of those passes were into the opposition half. Like, just insanity. You know, I am a bit surprised, though, because I'm looking at this. So, like, let's boast him a little bit before I say this. He went 10 for 10 on long balls. Absolutely silly. Mm-hmm. I did say earlier. By the way, Hassan and I started doing this thing, and hopefully it's something we can continue, but we periscoped the whole second half. If you don't know what periscope is, it's like Twitter live is basically what it is. Um, well, there was no one really there, which is kind of sad, but we still enjoyed it. So for the next game on Sunday, which is against Sociedad, if you're there, it would be wicked. Because then, like, we could all talk about it, and you can invite up to, you can have, like, four people on there. So we'd be really down to have other people, you know, join in for a couple of minutes, like five minutes or so, and, like, everyone talk and, you know, like, drop comments and stuff like that. So it'd be really dope. Anyway, we were talking, and I said, I think it should be a rule that Tony Cruz has to take anywhere from three to five shots outside of the box every game. This game, he took five. In total, Real Madrid took 19. 14 were on target. So he took about just a little over a quarter of the shots, and I'm not mad about it. Like, I'm not. Because his accuracy is yeah. phenomenal. His technique is impeccable. Like, the way he strikes... Yes, the three ball, of them were on target. Three the of them were on target. The way the ball is rolling diagonal sideways backwards like i don't know how else a ball can roll like he hits it he hits it sweet every time yeah he does and one thing that i noted uh during the game is and we saw it against ibar as well which actually resulted in the goal is 
Benzema ghosting out onto the left flank, essentially playing as a winger. Yeah. Um, and then cutting it back to Cruz on the edge of the area, who arrives late. Now, obviously, in the Ibar game, obviously, it was a one-off thing. I don't think we saw it that many times other than the goal. But we saw it a couple of times in this game, so I'm guessing that is a newly rehearsed thing. If it is, kudos to Zidane for, you know, deciphering that tactic because it works and it's definitely, you know, guaranteeing a good chance is going to be generated. Well, it's smart because every you see Karim Benzema going up the wing, whether he's going with pace, so if he's going up with pace, it's 1v1, there's one defender on him. Once he slows down and he cuts inside, he goes into the box, there's automatically two or three defenders coming onto him because they know he can shoot from distance and he can make a neat pass. So it's like, what do you do? You, like, he just draws defenders. And of course, he's a striker that's on the wing. It messes up the rotation of defensive responsibility already. So Tony Cruz, you know, there's tons of space for him to move into. And now I'm looking at the stat sheet again. Like, we talked about Tony 10 for 10 on long balls. You look at how spread out this game was. Like, that was one thing that impressed me coming back into the second half. Or one of the many things, of course, was how quickly and, like, how fluidly Madrid moved the ball. Listen to this real quick. Okay, this is... Paul, 5 for 7. Varane, 3 for 3. Ramos, 92 for 2. Casemiro, 15 for 18. Luka Modric, 10 for 11. Cruz, 10 for 10. And Federico Valverde, 3 for 5. And in Hazard, 4 for 4. What do, you, what, what, what do you even need to say? It's, just, it's perfect, isn't it? You need, it's, it's what we need. Everyone is above like 80% in accuracy yeah. of, long, of long balls. Do you know how much of an advantage that is? And listen, we were scared going into this game. We were scared going into the second half because the first half looked so bleak. But when you can pull off a solid performance like that against Valencia, it's a good time. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, uh, going back to the long balls point, uh, Real actually attempted 81 long balls in that game. 65 of them were accurate. So that's that's a pretty staggering, you know, accuracy in that in that in that position. Um, it, it does help out massively the fact that you've got that, and then when you've got, as you said, you know, players like Vinicius Hazard that are able to latch onto those, even Benzema to a degree. Um, it gives you a, another facet to attack your opponent with. For sure. By the way, 65 out of 81, that's 80.2% accuracy. So I was right. Everyone was above 80%. Yeah. So not only is Real Madrid amazing at long balls against Valencia, but I'm a mathematical genius. So there's that. <laughs> we move forward. Vamos all around. Sorry? Vamos all around. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Um, let's talk about the game, or like the scoreline, rather. So three goals. I mean... I don't know which one to start with and which one to end with because all of them were just, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, they were all pretty special. Um, yeah, where do you start? I mean, okay, we'll start with the Sentios. You know, it's a feel-good one because, you know, we've been waiting a long time to see him back. It's great to see him back and great to see him immediately back amongst the goals. He, goal, he got a goal and an assist in this game, which is worth noting. First time he's done that since 2016, um, which is, you know, it's nice to see him back in and amongst that kind of performance level. I hope he's able to keep it up and I hope he's able to continue building on that. Um, the other two goals, obviously both scored by Benzema, just, uh, oh, that's, that, 
that second one in particular. Oh my word! Oh my word! What? What did he say? You remember when we were contender? I, I I said I said this. I said that. Remember, I said give him the push gush right now. Just like call it. Just just give him the award. It's done. Listen to this. According to Bleacher Report football, Kareem Benzema overtakes Real Madrid legend Frank Puskas. Puskas. <laughs> all-time scorer. Fifth all-time scorer. 243 goals. And look at the goal. Not he's only scored. that, I think he's amongst the all-time assistors as well, if not the all-time assistor. Yeah, he is in top 10. I'm pretty sure he's in top 10 assistors. I think he's in the top three. Might even be, I think he might be the top one. I can't remember exactly. I need to double check, but I think he might be the, the highest assisting player hey, in the squad's history. This would be which is mental. This would be his tenth season with Madrid, right? Yeah, there's not many, you know, there's not many players who last that long at the biggest club in the world. They just, they just don't. It's kind of, it's almost unheard of to have that much of a long, you know, a long spell at a club. And as much as people want to say, oh, but he, you know, he's He's constantly out of the box. He's, you know, he doesn't do what strikers should do. Just ignore that for a second and look at all the things that he does do outside the box and how much that adds to Real's game. Oh, that's what I'm saying. He drops it. Look at the last game. He had a he had a hand in every goal that was scored in the 3-1 win. In this game, he has two goals, absolute beauties, both of them, in their own right. Drops deep, helps out. Like this is like this is what you want your striker to do. And more. Yeah, it definitely, and more. It's, it's everything you'd want from him. Um, and, it, you know, it puts him in a very exclusive bracket as a player. No two ways about it. And it's great to see him getting, you know, getting back amongst the goals again after, you know, being quite uh, starved of service and stuff. Well, not starved of service as such, you know, he's had good chances, but obviously he's been a bit sort of drier in 2020 as it stands from earlier in the in the year, obviously pre-COVID. Um so it's good to see him, you know, looking sharp and getting that that striking form again. Uh, I don't know. Okay, here's a, a cool stat from Off to Jose. Real Madrid's Marco Sensio scored just 31 seconds. That was his first touch in the game, by the way. 31 seconds after coming on as the substitute in this match. That's the fastest goal by a Real Madrid sub in La Liga since at least 2005-2006. The smile at the end, like everything. It was picture perfect. This is like this is what it you was. Said. 330 days. That's how long it's been since he last played. 330 days. It's essentially, you know, an entire year. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's 30 um, days shy from a year. Just a side note, I know no one actually cares, but do you know how mad I was last preseason? Dude, I flew to Spain for my friend's wedding. The week Real Madrid flew to North America to play in the preseason tournament. I'm like, why are we on opposite sides of the world right now? <laughs> I could have so easily gone to Houston or any of the other cities they played in, but no, just not for me. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, that was so irrelevant, but I just had to vent about it because I'm still kind of salty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I can I can't blame you. I must admit, I can't blame you. For real, this is such a good like feel good game. I don't know, I, I don't I like. Well, what is the bad thing that you could pick out? So let's suppose this game ended in a draw. Okay, there's no three goals. Asensio doesn't have a wonderful return to you know football. Kareem Benzema doesn't bag two beauties. What like 
what needed to change for this game to be successful if, in some alternate universe, this stayed nil-nil? Ditch the diamond if you haven't got a certified cam. Just just don't play it. Because as much as I do love Luka Modric, the man is not a 10. He may wear the number 10, but he's not a 10. Also, his fitness level is not a 10 out of 10. Works his ass off, credit to him, but... Yeah, he's definitely a little bit shy at the moment of it. Um, but yeah, like he's just he's just not a straight ten. Um, he doesn't give you the off the ball stuff that you need from a cat. Like Isco does that, you know, perfectly well. You know, as does Hammers as well, and then on the ball as well. Modric is a wonderful player on the ball in his natural position. When he's being played at the tip of that diamond, he just he, he doesn't look comfortable. Um, and it's it's just it's it's just wasting him in a sense. I mean, Hamish was on the bench. He was there. Whether you know, I don't know whether it's because he wasn't fit enough or just the fact that he didn't trust him. Mm. But if Hamish was there, then maybe we should have utilized Hamish, especially in a game where they were taking long shots more as well. Like Hamish specializes in that. Yeah, he specializes was... in long shots. Yeah, it was just. Like, um, it was... It Sorry. makes more sense. Yeah. No, no, go for it. We had nine shots from outside the box in this game. Yeah. So, I mean, like, okay, you know, football's return. Because of the condensed schedule, you're allowed five subs per match. I mean, yeah, Asensio was a great sub. Came on, scored a goal. Beauty. Everyone's super happy, happy for him. Love it. Vinicius came on. He didn't, you know, he wasn't selfish. Ran well. Drew in players. Dished the ball off. Made, you know, neat little runs in and around areas. It was a good performance for someone who came on in the 82nd minute. But I'm still surprised, like, with this condensed schedule over the next however many weeks there are, and I think there's only eight more games that need to be played, it was very shocking to see that Zidane didn't make more use of substitutes, and especially Gareth Bale for Federico Valverde or, you know, Asensio came in, whatever, or James. Like, why not? Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, Bale, I can understand because his last game was treacherous to say the least. I mean, if, I don't know if it's the exact stat, but he still had some like 15 touches in the entire time he was on the pitch, which I think was about 20 odd minutes, might have been 30. Um, and he lost the ball about six times. Um, so I'm not surprised that he was just left on the bench today because he's, and I think he suffered some sort of muscle soreness problem or something. Um, so I'm not surprised he was left on the bench. Asensio was a good inclusion. Uh, but yeah, I would like to have maybe have said Hamas at some point in this game, or even from the starting place of Modric at the tip of that diamond, and let Fede play in his natural position in deep midfield, as opposed to kind of making him a makeshift winger to make up for that lack of depth, uh, lack of width. Sorry. I don't know. Call me crazy because we haven't really seen Hamas play much of the season. And obviously, this is like a restart after a whole bunch of. Like, with this end schedule and like the short amount of time in between games, I think he's like one player that can really help bring home a La Liga title because you need fresh light. Like, guys are going to get tired. Like you, you know, we just said Luka Modric playing like 90 minutes. Dude, back to back games? That's nuts. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't think the last, what was it? Sunday was the last time they played, right? Was it Sunday? Yeah. Today, and then Wednesday. They That's- play again on this Sunday as well. 
that's two days. I mean, I didn't pay much attention to the practice schedule, but you would assume there would have been one day for a break, or even if it was, you know, just a light workout, um, just to, you know, get in there and get the blood flowing. But I don't know. I'd love to see Hamas make a couple of appearances over eight games. Even if he made four or five appearances from like 60, 65, 70 minutes onward, even if he doesn't start, I think he could be a wonderful inclusion. Like he's a great passer. Yeah. Like, He's got great long shot. He's played with most of these guys before. So it's not like chemistry needs to be developed. It's there. Like, these guys are pro football players. Like, you don't lose that touch, like, that connection. Like, you, it just needs a spark, and it's on fire. So I'd like to see him back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, as would I. You know, It'd be a very, very useful inclusion, especially with Eastco now probably missing the remainder of the season if rumors are to be believed. Just um, yeah. I think he's got allegedly a three-week injury, which essentially puts him out for the bulk of the restart. That's six um, games because it's about two games yeah. a week, so that's six games. So, yeah. And then is he going to get back up to scratch for those final two? Probably not. So yeah, we probably we're probably not going to see Isco at least until the Champions League restarts, yeah. which is sad. So utilize the man in the squad that's capable of playing that role too. Uh, listen, we have our opinions. Zidane obviously knows what he's doing. I mean, it went from the <laughs> most flat. It went from the most flat-footed first half to an absolute Usain Bolt sprint in the second half. Yeah, he's the one on the salary, not us. So, yeah, we well, I mean, we're just here for fans. <laughs> I mean, anyway, but yeah, of course. On hey. to uh, what's coming Start. next? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you want to highlight anything else from this game before we wrap up? No, I think we pretty much knocked all the main facts for that. So it's just a case of what do uh, Lariel bring on Sunday? Uh, it's the question. Yeah. I mean. Does Martin Odegaard just show up? Because last time these two teams met, earlier in the season, pre-corona, this guy was reckless. This guy was causing problems. Yeah. I mean, it's worth noting that uh, they've not won a game since three-star. So they drew at home to Osasuna and then lost to Alaves away today. To, uh, yeah, 2-0. Um, with both sides down to 10 men. That's tough. That's tough. So, so that, like, whether, back, yeah, whether they're sharp, I don't know. It might, we might be playing them at opportune time. I mean, it's perfect considering the fact that Sevilla are playing Barcelona and they look sharp. Sevilla look sharp. It's a, it's a, it's like a double-edged sword, though. When you come up against a team that's two down at a restart, it's like, you know, you've lost your first two games at the restart. Mm. Now, do you come out even hungrier? You feel like you have nothing to lose at this point. It's like we either go out guns blazing or we lose a third one. So what do you do? Yeah, I agree. It makes me even more fearful of having to play them because you know there's quality on that team. It's not like they're, you know, an 18 to 20 spot team. They're not getting relegated unless they are. I don't think they are. No, no, they're, they're still scrapping for the European spots alongside the cafe. Well, they uh, so, so they might be okay, but I mean, yeah, we might be playing them an opportune time. I mean, this game early in the season, as we saw, was a really bad game for Real because you know Lariel were on it. But they're looking, they're looking a bit sort of lackluster at the moment, not quite from their bearings. Uh, and considering 
the fact that uh, Barca have got a pretty tough run coming up, um, this might be a perfect time to pick up as many points as possible on the final charge to the league title. Well, let's just hope that Sociedad finds their footing, but on Monday and not Sunday. You know, God bless them. I hope they have a good campaign, just <laughs> not when they play Real Madrid. That's all. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, we'll see what that one brings. We'll see what that one brings. All right, wicked. I think we're good. 25 minutes. This is perfect, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions for us, uh, please do follow us on Twitter. Hassan's Twitter is at Kareem. Mine is at MNizamdin7. Shoot us a DM or tweet us, or if you want us to talk about anything or whatever the case is, just, yeah, hit us up. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Uh, please share it. Leave a little rating at the bottom, preferably five stars, but that's up to you. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. See you after the game on Sunday against Sociedad. Enjoy the rest of your day.